This is a summary on the first sikh of Parshas Veschan, and look at the sikhes, Chelek Yud Dalid. The conclusion of the tractate of Shabbos, it's a siyum of the Rebbe on Masech Shabbos, and the conclusion is teaching a law from based on a story that happened. And the bottom line of what took place was that there was a dead body, and people did not want to be contaminated with the impurity of the dead bodies. They did three things in front of holy rabbis, and it was found to be permissible. One of them was that they stuffed up the hole of the wall, which was transposing between the dead body and the house. And they stuffed it up with a earthenware vessel. And that was a way to block the impurity. The reason why that would be questionable on Shabbos is because we're not allowed to build on Shabbos. And even though this was a temporary structure. The question is, is it forbidden because it's similar to building? Another thing that took place was that there was a barrel over the dead body with a crack, and they wanted to see whether the crack had a certain measurement. Uh, The hole was wide enough, because if it was wide enough, then it would allow the impurity to escape through the hole. And the way they measured is they took from the roof of the building, they tied a string around a vessel, which was the measurement of a tefach, a circumference of a tefach, and then they lowered it down to see if it fit into the hole, to see the measurement of the hole, whether the hole was a tefach or not, which is another two questionable things. Am I allowed to tie a knot on Shabbos, and, which is one of the 39 categories of labor, and am I allowed to measure a measurement on Shabbos, which is a mundane activity. And the Gemara learns from this story, the Talmud learns from this story, the Mishnah learns that, as a matter of fact, for the sake of a mitzvah, we're allowed to do these activities. So the Rebbe, and this is the conclusion of the tractate, really discussing this. The rabbis permitted the rabbis permitted you to do these activities because none of these are biblical in nature. Because in order to be biblical, the knot would have to be a permanent knot, that it's there for the rest of your life. Permanent knot. Measuring, of course, is only rabbinic. It's a mundane activity. And stuffing up the wall with the thing, you're not really building. You're not planning to leave it there. It's similar to building. The rabbis waived it in the case of a mitzvah. And the question is, why would this be the conclusion of the entire tractate? What is the significance? So before we get into the spiritual significance of what it is, what is the nigla perspective, The what is going on over here, and the the way that Ebbe goes about analyzing that perspective is going looking at the order. Everything in Judaism is so precise. The Mishnah says a certain order. It said that we learn from here that you're allowed to stuff up, you are allowed to measure, and you are allowed to tie. And the question is, it can't be going in order, the Mishnah, of the story that happened. Because if you go in the order of the story, as we just told you over the story, it was first they stuffed up. That's in the right order. Then they tied the vessel, and then they measured. But here it says measure and then tie. So what's going on? So the answer that it goes with is actually that the path in the Mishnah, the way the Mishnah normally works is which means you say the greater novelty first and then you work your way down to a lower, a lesser 
less novel and less novel. The very first case of stuffing up is the most novel, so much so that the early authorities, the Taisfis, and even the and, the, and so it's so ruled in the Shulchan Aruch, is that even not for a mitzvah, this must be permissible. Why? Because it's the kind of sin that we would never have waived for the sake of a mitzvah. There's many rabbinical um, prohibitions which are close to biblical, and they remind us of biblical, and they're similar to a biblical uh, work on Shabbat, labor on Shabbos, and therefore it would not be waived. And therefore the Taisva says that it must be that actually that that scenario was not particularly for a mitzvah. In all scenarios, this is permissible. Why? And that's based on a concept that once a building structure began, is already up, then extending that structure with a temporary item is not, we don't forbid. But if it would have been forbidden under the category of being similar to building, then it would have been forbidden entirely, including for a mitzvah. That is the greatest novelty, the greatest law that is being taught here. That's why it is taught first. That is followed by the law of moidadin. Why? Why? Seemingly, of course, question is more severe. Tying a knot is similar to the biblical prohibition of leaving of tying a knot and a permanent knot. The biblical commandment is against tying a permanent knot. Versus measuring is only a mundane activity. But the answer is, as the Rebbe explains brilliantly, is that measuring has an essential problem with it. What's the problem? Measuring is a mundane activity. There's something wrong with the act itself. Versus tying, versus tying, is actually nothing wrong with tying. How do I know? I know because I permit it for the sake of a mitzvah. Why do I permit it for the sake of a mitzvah? Most decrees of the rabbis, especially one that could lead to a prohibition, a biblical prohibition, are not waived for the sake of a mitzvah. Why don't I waive this for a mitzvah? To go back to the very first scenario of the entire tractate, if one person picks up an item to take out of his house and the other person receives it in the other property, that is forbidden. Even though the biblical prohibition against carrying out of one's domain on Shabbat is that one has to do the full act. You have to take, lift it up and put it down. But if you do half of the act, then it is still prohibited. Midrabonon rabbinically, because a one may come to complete the act, and even for the sake of a mitzvah, it doesn't mean it doesn't matter if you're trying to give tzedakah poor the poor person food. It's irrelevant. You're not allowed to do this act. It is forbidden. So the question is, what is different over here? Why am I allowed to do a partial act, which seemingly could lead to a complete act? That if I tie this knot, maybe I'm going to leave it permanently. And the explanation is because if you study the laws of Shabbos, the what what what's you what every labor is a creative work. It's not about how hard you work. You could schlep a bench entire up an entire building. That's not a labor on Shabbos. All thirty nine categories of labor are creative work. You're doing something new. You're creating a new entity. What happens when we tie a knot is that we're creating a new entity. And therefore, 
if I tie a knot in such a way that it's not meant to have permanency, and it's not a permanent knot, then it's not that I'm doing a half of the act of the forbidden labor. Rather, it's not even considered a knot. It's not considered a true connection between these two uh, disparate strands that you're bringing together. Not at all. And therefore, it's totally not in the category there's no unity. You put two things, you've made them touch each other, but you haven't united them. You haven't create, you haven't done anything. So it's not like you're doing half of an act. You haven't done any of the act. And therefore, even though the rabbi has created some form of decree against it, nevertheless, for the sake of a mitzvah, they waived it. So here we see the leniency over measuring. Measuring the act itself, there's a forbidden element to it because it's mundane, versus the tying of the knot is considered totally and absolutely not uh, really a forbidden act only because it reminds us of, a, of, of, of an act and so on do we um, actually forbid it and then we waive it for the sake of a mitzvah. Okay, what does all of this mean in, in the true depth of the Torah and why are we concluding the tractate with this? And the answer is that it's explained in the Kabbalah that there are three periods of Shabbos. There's Friday night, the Shabbos morning, the Shabbos afternoon and each one is getting holier and holier than the previous one. And what happens is the Friday night, we enter into Shabbos Kodesh, the Holy Shabbos, and we come removed from the world. We're no longer involved in trying to change the world. Throughout the week, we're trying to deal with negativity. We're trying to fix the world. On Shabbos, we're not fixing anything. We raise up our hands and we say, Hashem, you are the mover, you are the shaker, you are the one in charge. And we accept the bounty of Hashem, and it's the time when we appreciate how Hashem really runs this world, and that we are merely His shluchim, His emissaries in this world. And the concept is that Hashem takes care of the world, but Hashem left an opening, an opening of negativity, an opening, a void, that it's the job of a Jew to fix this void, to complete the work of creation. We're supposed to be partners with God in creation. Throughout the week, we partner with God in creation. And essentially, that's the act. It's referred to in the Talmud as fixing the northern wall of the world, that Hashem, the northern world, the north in the Kabbalah, always represents negativity. So it means that Hashem left the space open of negativity, and we're supposed to fill up that hole. So we see the concept that a Jew's job is to fill up the northern hole. And therefore, when we speak about what happens when we enter into Shabbos, what happens when we enter into Shabbos is that we've done our job, that we've prepared for this day of Shabbos. And when we come into Shabbos, we could truly say, this world is a complete world. We are partners with God in creation, and now we're able to celebrate together with Hashem our great accomplishment. And therefore, the first act that happens on Friday night is Paikikin, that we stuff up, we stop up the holes, the hole of the northern side of the world, that we fix up any void and negativity, and we allow ourselves to be together with Hashem on this beautiful Friday night when we celebrate godliness and holiness and the truth. Afterwards, we reach the higher level, which is Shabbos morning, Shabbos day, which is actually the masculine energy. Friday night is the feminine. The Friday day, is, Shabbos day is the masculine and uh, the what that represents is measurements, which represents midos, emotions. 
um, which is a higher level of godliness, which means that beyond the world of practicality and action, we go up to a higher world where we're, there's a focus, where there's less of a focus on, pra- on the practical and more on the, the dreamlike state where the dreamer um, in a relationship, even the masculine and the feminine, it's the woman who makes concrete the ideas of a man. A man is is floating in Shemayim. He doesn't, he's not grounded. She takes everything, all the theories, all the ideas, and she actually implements them and she grounds the relationship. So Mida is, a, but Mida is more removed in a sense. And that's why the second thing in the mission is Moididin that we measure, which comes from the word emotions, which are measured, which have a, uh, which have a measure, they're, they're, they're based, that's how we call a midah, it's called a midah, um, and, uh, and that's that. And the final level is where we tie, the tie, which is Shabbos afternoon, which is where we tie everything together, where we bring together the feminine and the masculine, with the marriage of Hashem and the Jewish people, the marriage within ourselves, the marriage of the entire world, that everything is not considered separate entities, rather they become absolutely and totally one with each other because they are one with the divine. And that's what the concept of tying it together, which we do, and that's how the tractate of Shabbos concludes.